Section 15 of The Letters of Lord Nelson to Lady Hamilton, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Wheel. The Letters of Lord Nelson to Lady Hamilton, Volume 1, by Horatio Nelson. Chapter 15. Letters from the Earl of Bristol, Bishop of Derry, in Ireland, to Lady Hamilton. Letter 1. Naples, Sunday morning, sometime in 1795. I return you the enclosed, my dearest Emma, which does equal honour to the excellent head and heart of the writer. I shall begin, for the first time in my life, to have a good opinion of myself, after such honourable testimonials. In the meantime, I send you an extraordinary piece of news, just written me from Ratisbon, a courier from the Elector of Mentz desiring the Empire to make a separate peace with France. Couriers have been sent from the Diet to Sweden and Denmark, desiring their mediation, and it is clear, says my letter, somebody is at the bottom of all this. The Elector of Mentz only lends his name. The suburbs of Warsaw taken, the capitulation of the city daily expected. The King of Prussia totally retired beyond Potsdam, and supposed to be at the eve of madness. Oh, Emma, who'd ever be wise if madness be loving of thee? B. Letter 2. Munich, 14th of July, 1795. Dearest Emma, here is great news from England. My letters of the 26th of June assure me 7,000 men are embarked for St. Paul de Leon, together with an immense number of emigres, that, the week before, a bishop and sixty priests were most prosperously landed at the same place, and received with the greatest acclamations, that six sail of the line from Russia were in sight, and the pilots gone to conduct them, that in Amsterdam and other towns of Holland there is the greatest insurrections in favour of that fool the Stadtholder. All this, however, can only tend to facilitate peace, but not at all to restore that despicable odious family of Bourbons, the head of which is now at Verona, where we left him, eating two capons a day. Tis a pity the whole family are not capons, and, what is more, dressing them himself in a superb kitchen, the true chapel of a Bourbon prince. Emma, if that dear Queen of Naples does not write herself to Prince Doria for me, I won't look at your beautiful face these six months. Coot, qui coot. Tomorrow for Piermont near Hanover. Emma, adieu. Letter three. There is no doubt but Don Luis is implicated. That very circumstance argues the extent of the mischief. For so cautious a man, and one whose sentiments are so publicly known, would not engage without good support. I have conversed with one of his intimates, one who is no stranger to his dearest secret. The evidence will be difficult, perhaps impracticable, unless his most confidential friends can be gained, but that I deem impossible. But the character of the garrison at Capua is of the most alarming complexion, and yet is what I can best depend on. I think Wade could tell much, if he would speak out. Adieu. Lovell and I were on Vesuvius. He goes, like a true parson, only to eat the better. I foresee he will once more fall into Nudie's hands. Presider will be another duo, for I hate large parties on such, 
and especially females, unless they be phoenixes, like yourself. It is a great discouragement to a caserta party to view the whole town buried in a mist, and the Belvedere alone, like a boy, to point out the shoal. Sweet Emma, adieu. Every wish of my heart beats for the dear Queen. Letter 4 Send me a word, dearest Emma, how the invaluable, adorable Queen finds herself. The weather changed so unmercifully yesterday that Lovell and I both grew ill, and this makes me the more anxious to hear of our too sensible and inestimable Queen. My warmest wishes, physical, political and moral, ever attend her. B. Letter 5 Here is my cousin's answer, dearest Emma. Io look bisco. Her brother assured me that there is not the semblance of an insurrection, and that our dear, dear Queen is misled by a set of scoundrels. Send me word where you will be. Adieu. Letter 6 Yesterday we dined on Mount Vesuvius. Today we were to have dined on its victim, Pompeii, but, by the grace of God which passeth all understanding, since Bartolomeo himself, that weather soothsayer, did not foresee this British weather, we are prevented. In the meantime, all this week and the next, is replete with projects, discia, procita, etc., etc., so God only knows when I can worship again my Diana of Ephesus. Write me word explicitly how you are, what you are, and where you are, and be sure that, wheresoever I am, still I am yours, my dearest Emma. Letter 7 Wednesday. My dearest Emma, the very unexpected intelligence, which Prince Augustus has most delicately communicated to me, of poor Lord Hervey's decease, has quite bouleversé my already shattered frame. I would not allow your friendly mind to learn an event so interesting to me from any other hand than that of your affectionate and devoted friend, Bristol. Letter 8. My ever-dearest Lady Hamilton, I should certainly have made this Sunday in holiday to me, and have taken a Sabbath day's journey to Caserta, had not poor Mr. Lovell been confined to his bed above three days with a fever. Today it is departed. Tomorrow Dr. Newdy has secured us from its resurrection, and after tomorrow, I hope, virtue will be its own reward, and that my friendship for Lovell will be recompensed with the enjoyment. This moment... I receive your B.A. do, and very dulcet it is. All public and private accounts agree, in the immediate prospect of a general peace. It will make a delicious foreground in the picture of the new year, many of which I wish from the top, bottom and centre of my heart to the incomparable Emma. Quelle sensa paragona. Dans ce moment, on m'assure que est prise. Je ne vous garantis pas cette maudite nouvelle, mais... Je me flat que le pays se fait. Letter 9 Ever, dearest Emma, I went down to your opera box two minutes after you left it, and should have seen you on the morning of your departure, but was detained in the arms of Murphy, as Lady Eden expressed it, and was too late. You say nothing of the adorable Queen. I hope she has not forgot me. But, as Shakespeare says, who dotes must doubt. 
and I verily deem her the very best edition of a woman I ever saw, I mean, of such as are not in folio, but are to be had in sheets. I will come on Friday or Saturday, but our British colony are so numerous that my duties obstruct my pleasures. Ever, and invariably dearest, dear Emma, most affectionately, your B. You see, I am but the second letter of your alphabet, although you are the first of mine. Letter 10. Milan, 24th of November, 1798. I know not, dearest Emma, whether friend Sir William has been able to obtain my passport or not, but this I know, that if they have refused it, they are damned fools for their pains, for never was a Malta orange better worth squeezing or sucking, and if they leave me to die, without a tombstone over me, to tell the contents, tant pis pour eux. In the meantime, I will frankly confess to you, that my health most seriously and urgently requires the balmy air of dear Naples, and the more balmy atmosphere of those I love, and who love me, and that I shall forego my garret, with more regret than most people of my silly rank in society, forego a palace or a drawing-room. But I will augur better things from the justice of my neighbour, and that they will not condemn, against all rules of probability, one of their best friends unheard, especially one who, if he be heard, can say so much. My project, then, in case I receive the passport, is to travel on horseback as far as Spoleto in Dalmatia, and from thence cross over to Manfredonia, a passage of a few hours, and which, in the year 1772, I performed with my horses on board, and afterwards had a most delightful jaunt through that unexplored region, Dalmatia, where the very first object that strikes both the eye and the imagination is a modern city built within the precincts of an ancient palace. For Spoleto stands within the innermost wall of Diocletian's palace. For that wise sovereign quitted the sceptre for the pleasures of an architect's rule, and when he had completed his mansion in that delightful climate, enjoyed that and life to a most advanced old age. The world forgetting, by the world forgot. Apropos to Spoleto, do not fail hinting to Sir William that a most safe, convenient, and expeditious packet-boat might be established, in these perilous times, between that and Manfredonia, by which all dispatches, and all travellers, either for business or pleasure, might make a very short and safe cut between Naples and Vienna, and Naples and the rest of Europe, without touching one palm of any ground but Austrian and Neapolitan, and, of course, without the risk of being ever stopped. The small towns, too, are in quick succession, and the whole country being a limestone rock, the roads will make themselves, and afterwards pay for themselves, by means of good turnpikes. Nothing can exceed the dreariness, gloominess, and humidity of a Milanese sky in winter, which I conclude under the old regime, led to all the hospitality and conviviality practised here, by their voluptuous but social nobility. Now, we have nothing left to comfort but another nudie, a son of Escalapius, born in Italy, but an enthusiast for England and all that is English, an excellent physician, but a still better friend, and like Nudie, when he has a pint of Madeira in his belly, and the fumes of it in his brain, a most cheerful and improving companion. For I protest to you that, during my convalescence, I made greater strides to recovery by his attic evenings than by his morning potions, or even his beef broth. Sweet Emma, adieu. 
Remember me in the warmest and most enthusiastic style to your friend and my friend and the friend of humankind. And if Sir William does not contrive to send me my passport, I will, I will excommunicate him and send him to the devil before his time. End of section 15 Recording by Adrian Wheel